Hey, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is always true. It's always powerful. It's always good. Thank you for the new covenant. Thank you for growing us. Thank you for this year being the best year we've ever had. We've ever had. Because we've learned to accept. We've learned to expect good from you. Thank you that everything, every good and perfect gift comes from you. Thank you for changing our minds, causing us to repent and see your goodness. We look forward to it with great expectation in Jesus' name. Y'all ready for the word? All right. So this this is what I, I told the youth Wednesday night. This verse changed my life about four years ago, four and a half years ago, maybe. I don't even know. Doesn't matter. Four and a half years. My life was changed. I used to. I I I, I it changed the way I, I I taught. It changed the way I lived my life. It caused me to go into the Word and see if it was true. And this is where it comes from, right here. First or John chapter one verse seventeen. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And and when I saw this, I saw the division. I saw the old covenant, which is the law. It was given through Moses. Moses is a servant. The servant doesn't abide in the house forever. The son abides in the house forever. Hey, so... And then it was when I started to see this thing that, 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 that it was actually two covenants. And then I found out that Old Testament, I, my whole life in church, I never knew this. The Old Testament, literally the testament, the word for testament is, is, is covenant. And so we have the Old Covenant and we have the New Covenant, the New Testament. And I didn't understand what it meant to be a New Covenant church. I had no idea. I just knew that, that I just thought that meant that Jesus came and now we're a New Covenant church. It literally means that, the, see, see how it says the law? I was told that you can't just preach the law and no truth. Or you can't just preach grace and no truth. You have to have some law. You can't just go around preaching grace, 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 grace. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Grace and truth are on the same team. Law is different. It doesn't say law and truth. Does it? And see, this opened my mind. It started me, it started me searching for... Can you tell I was lip syncing? (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, he's not really preaching, he's lip syncing. All right. (laughs) So so, uh, it caused me to think. And then I remember Jesus saying this. I remember Jesus saying, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Right? And then I found out who he was talking to. He was talking to Jewish people who knew the law. So if they already knew the law, and Jesus is saying you're going to know the truth, the law can't be the truth. Because in God's mind, from the get-go, grace was always his message. It was always his message. It was his message to give people hope. Because the law points to you where grace points to Jesus. Amen? So just in case you don't believe me, John chapter 8. Then Jesus said to those Jews, right, who believed him, if you abide in my word and you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. 
Did they not even read their history book? <laughs> How can you say you will be made free? And Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. See, the Jewish people had uh, the law, it came, but it was a babysitter. It, it was to babysit them until the son came, until Jesus came. It was there to guard them. It was guardian. The word slave there is the word servant. Moses was a servant. And they just said we were Abraham's descendants. Listen, it all runs together, people. Amen? So, so the servant doesn't, Abraham doesn't abide in the house forever. The law does not abide in the house forever. Jesus came. We're not under law anymore. It doesn't mean we don't keep it. It doesn't mean just throw the Ten Commandments out. They're holy. But what I'm telling you is that, 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 that the law is the ministry of condemnation. The ministry of death is what the Bible says. And the more you focus on the law, the more you feel condemned because it points to your sin. Whereas the new covenant, grace, points to Jesus. It gives you hope. Grace is awesome, but. Yeah, Troy, grace is great. I'm glad you're giving people hope, but there's so much more than just grace. Really? And see, to me, grace is not, a, it's not just a message. It is Jesus. I mean, it is Jesus. I mean, I'll let the word tell you. Second Peter 3. Okay? These are where these boards come from. This is where, this is the verse that God has given me that I've been meditating. I literally have been waking up in the middle of the night saying this. Like over, and I'm like, God, I got to go back to sleep. I got to work, man. He's like, nope. Just keep saying, just keep saying. And so uh, we're going to, we have these rulers, they're growth charts, by the way, when we're done, if anybody wants them, you're going to have them. Um, this is where it comes from. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace. In pe and listen, it's not, it's not that you go find peace, you already have it. You have, the Bible says we have the peace of God. We have it currently, right now. Say, I have it. Be found in that peace without spot and blameless. That's also you. Jesus, the way God looks at you now is just as he looks at Jesus. The Bible says, as he is, so are we. So he doesn't see you with spots. Do you believe that, church? He's called you righteous because of what he's done for you, right? And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Now, who caused Jesus to suffer more than anybody else? Was it Gentiles? Who was it? It was the religious leaders of the Jews. It was the Pharisees and Sat. In other words, it was religion. Religion, right? So, and it says, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, uh, has written to you. Paul also suffered because of Pharisees and Sadducees. Okay? Uh, as also in all his apostles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction. L listen, Peter was like, dude, Paul's saying some stuff that I don't even understand. It, it's blowing my mind. And I, and I was with Jesus the whole time. He's like, man, that, that guy is deep. 
yet easy to understand. Some of the stuff we teach in this church, Pastor Dwayne and I, man, it, it's, it, it's, it, it's really easy to understand. I've heard it from so many people, my kids love it because they get it. I'm like, because I'm a kid. I don't know any other way to speak, right? And that, but that's not really it. It's, it's because God wanted it to be easy. Religion hijacked it. And, and people started going to, how many of these disciples went to seminary school? Just ask me. I'm not, I'm not being smart. I'm not, no, no, I'm just asking. How many of them went to seminary? How many have doctorate degrees? No. This would be like going to Swanee and running into a brother on a boat teaching you about the Bible. You'd be like, wait a minute, man. How you know all this? Right? Because that way, who gets the glory? God gets the glory. Not your education. God gets, any of you guys could do what I do up here. Any of you. If God calls you, you could do it. Because I used to say, there's no way I could do that. There's no way I could do what Brother Eddie does. No way. In fact, I don't want to do what Brother Eddie does. And he goes, I know you don't want to, but you're going to. And he did it in his timing so that I would be ready. That because he's a gracious God, a good father. He would never force me to do something, but he knew I would always do it. Amen? And, and, and man, Brother Eddie told me one time, he said, you're going to be a, a pastor. And I said, man, you are on crack. <laughs> Brother Eddie was like, what's crack? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know either. <laughs> but but God knew. And, and I, I spoke at the fellowship one time. And, and after I spoke there, the pastor literally, Kelly was like, he came walking through chairs. Like chairs were moving. He had to get up there and say, you're going to be a pastor one day. The Lord showed me that. And even then I said, bro, you are on something else. And Kelly said, you won't be a pastor because I'm not going to be a pastor's wife. And she said, that's literally what she told Brother Eddie, too. She goes, he, I'm not going to be a pastor's wife. And if the Lord's calling him, he's calling me, too, because we are one. And she got all biblical on Brother Eddie. And don't you know Brother Eddie had an answer for her? He said, well, when you submit to your husband, I was like, yes, yes, Lord, tell him. What'd you say, Brother Eddie? <laughs> oh, she is keeping nursery this morning. <laughs> and I unplugged the speaker from the roof up there. <clears throat> Good Lord, let's go back. All right, you therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the air of the wicked. Being led away from what? I was always taught, man, people are going to come in and preach grace and you're going to have a license to sin and all that. Man, they're leading you away. But it's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite of that, right? Uh, but, but grow in the law? What does it say? Grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, but now both now and forever. Amen. Listen, you cannot grow and not know him. You can't, you can't grow in grace and not know him. On the other hand, you can't know him without growing in grace. Yeah, come on now. It's easy. Am I, am I reading that wrong? You've got to learn to grow in grace. What is grace? It's favor. It's unearned favor that we have because of Jesus. And the more you grow in that knowledge, the more you grow in that, then you, then you know him. Then you know him. Because it's not based on do this and then I'll love you. That's conditions. Grace is even if you don't, even if you do, I'm always going to love you. None of us are perfect. 
But yet his love is, and his love never fails us. We're always loved by Jesus, whether we are in sin or out of sin. By the way, when people say, hey, they're living in sin, is there anybody in here who's not living in sin? They left already? It was probably right before the offering. Which makes them a sin. No, I'm just listen, listen we, we all live in sin, don't we? We all live in sin. I, I don't like when people say, well, they're living in sin. Well, are you? Right? Religion makes us judge people, man. Don't see people as, as, a, as, as, a, as a, a place to judge them. See them as a place to give them hope. That's where true change comes from, amen? If you want to grow, if you want to grow this year, if you made a resolution to grow closer to him this year, the way you do that, the true growth is understanding how weak you are. Understand that he is your strength. Understand that he is everything to you. If you want to grow, get smaller in here. Get smaller in here. Say, say, say look, man, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what kind of job I got up, coming up. I don't know, I don't know what it's going to look like this year, but I know that because I don't know, I'm putting my faith in you. And you're going to make it work for me, no matter what it is. He always does. That's why I say for my family, I can't speak for your, I can speak for the church. Thank you, Lord. For our church, this year will be the greatest year we've ever had. You know why? Because I'm expecting big things this year from God. And, and it's not because Dwayne and I are perfect. Because he's perfect. He is. He's perfect. It's not because we're we're always doing the right thing. I mess up all the time, man. But it, it, even though I mess up, God says, "Listen, I knew you were going to mess up. People needed to see you mess up that you're not perfect, right? What if the church was full of perfect people? <laughs> It'd be called heaven. Woo! Hey, listen. So no one says, no one has ever told me." I'm under grace, so I can sin all I want. And people, pastors tell me that all the time. Hey, man, you're just telling people they can do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want because they're under grace. I'm like, man, if, if, I, if someone in the church is in a, a continuous sin, I'll go to them. And if they say, hey, I'm under grace, I'm like, you don't know grace. Because if you knew grace, this sin would have no power in your life. And just because they say they're under grace, they don't care. Doesn't mean they understand grace. Does it? So the word Paul Paul got this same thing, man. Paul said, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. And the word dominion there is where we get our word uh, dynamite power from. Do the miss, right? So the power of sin will not come upon you when you understand grace. That's what that that's what it says right there. It loses its power. Now, if you're under law, it's there. By the law is the knowledge of sin. The strength of sin is the law. Think about that. The strength of sin. The same word, dunamis. The strength of sin is in the law. The more you hear the law, the more sin is strengthened in you. But the more you hear grace, the more that sin loses its power. That was never taught to me. My whole life never taught me. And yet it's true. It's true. It's true in me. I'm not just reading it. I'm living it. I know. When I sin, it's not like I'm just going to go out and find sin somewhere. I get to cuss all day long, man. I cuss my wife out because I'm under grace. And she says something like, I'm under grace. 
Who does that? No one does that. All right. All right. What, what then shall we, should we continue in sin? Because we're under law and not under grace. See, Paul got that. Paul saw somebody out there, like I've seen, when I see, when I speak at other churches, they don't allow me to do that anymore, but when I used to, <clears throat> I could see the, the older people out there going, mm. so that's what happened to Paul. So he's like, what shall we say then? Right? Because they, they didn't understand what he was saying. Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. Now, he's not talking about your obedience. He's talking about Jesus' obedience. Because in the previous chapter, he's saying the sin that leads to death is Adam. Are you obeying Adam or are you obeying Jesus? Which, where's your faith? That's what he's saying, right? Um, boom. But God be thanked that though you were, were, were. Now, I'm no English major. But were is what? That means you were slaves of sin. You're not. If you were, that means you're not now, right? You were slaves of sin. Uh, yet you obey from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been, having been, again, what are we saying? Past, it's, it's having been, is already done. Set free from sin. You've been set free from sin. You became slaves of righteousness. That's who we are today. Now listen, this is very important that you get this. The word sin, harmatia, it's, it's a noun. It's not the verb. So if you're saying, hey, if I've been set free from sin, why do I still sin? It's not the action. See, God knew we would still sin. He knew we would. He's talking about the noun, the condemnation, the punishment, the payment of sin. You're not under that anymore, church, because Jesus paid that for you. We're still going to sin, the verb, we're still going to sin. God knows that. When we sin, we actually sin in his forgiveness. That's why the Bible says that, that grace is greater than our sin. Where sin increased, grace super increased. And the word super there is hyper. So when pastors come to me and say, hey, you're preaching hyper grace. You need to read the book hyper grace. I'm like, no, uh, I read the Bible and I, one of my favorite verses, no offense, man, but one of my favorite verses is, is where sin increased, grace super increased. That's where the word hyper comes from. So when I preach hyper grace, you want to call me a hyper grace preacher? That's what they call Paul. So thank you. God bless you. Huh? Now, that's because that's, that's I'm a spiritual guy. In the flesh, anyway. I just want you guys to understand what changed my life. And hopefully, and, and how many of you guys can testify that this message has changed your life? I mean, it, it, some of you grew up in church. I know James grew up a Catholic. There's a lot of former Catholics in this church. I, listen, it, 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 but Catholicism is no different than the Methodist, Baptist. It's all religion. Religion does that to people. Amen? All right. Uh, Galatians 4, 1 through 9. Listen, now I say that, that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave or servant right there, uh, though he is a ma master of all, uh, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Guard now he's talking about the law here, the Ten Commandments. 
put the Jewish people under guardians and, st and stewards, right? To guard them, to steward them until Jesus came, okay? That's what he's talking about. And I love the fact that the word uh, child there is, means infant, infant, like a baby. We're talking about growing in grace, right? Infant. Keep that in mind. But it's under guardians and stewards until this point in time. Even so, we, we. Now, Paul is talking to the Jewish people. He's saying we. We, not, not the Gentiles, the Jewish people. It's very important we understand that, amen? Uh, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why, why is it important that we know that Jesus was born under the law? To redeem us who were under the law. That we might receive the adoptions of sons. That adoptions of sons, that's full-grown sonship. We went from infants, babies, to full-grown sonship. That's who we are now. That's who we are now because of Jesus. Jesus did that for us. Do you guys understand that? How important that is? Right? Uh, and because you are our sons, God has set, set forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. But then indeed, when you did not know God, you served those things which by nature are not God's. But now, after you have known God, or rather, <laughs> I love that he corrects himself, are known by God. How is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? Listen. People were trying to bring the law back in the church of Galatia. And, and Paul's like, why are you going back to those weak and beggarly things? Don't go back there. Don't let people bring that back in here. You be steadfast in this message that I'm giving you. Steadfast in it. Don't go back. Because the law puts you in bondage. Jesus set you free. Grace is the gospel to me, church. There's no other. It, it is the gospel. There's no. It's the good news. And if you don't believe me, Paul says it. <clears throat> Paul believes it. Look. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my, my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Not the law of God. The gospel is the grace of God. It's unmerited favor to people who don't deserve it. None of us deserve Jesus, but yet he gave us Jesus so that we can have life. Like this right now is life. Do I look like I'm depressed? Do I look like my, my like I'm worried about anything? No, man. Are you right now? No, because you're sitting under the word. You're hearing the life message of Jesus. If I was preaching on the law, you'd be like, oh, snap. Right? Isn't that true? Galatians 1. I marvel that you are turning away so soon. Remember I told you that somebody was coming in with the law? That you were turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ. Not the law. The grace. To a different gospel. That means anything that is not the grace message is a different gospel. You see it? And which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to listen to this. Now, listen to this. To pervert the gospel of Christ. Why? Because they're bringing the law back in. 
They're giving you the mixture. They're saying, here's the law. Yeah, grace is great, but here's the law. Jesus wants to take you as you are, but now that you come down here, you got to completely stop sinning. People say we let we let uh, sinners into our church, but if they if they continue in sin, they won't let them be a part of anything in the church until they get right. And I'm looking at a pastor going, <laughs> where do you get this qualification from? Right? Yeah. Listen, I used to be that pastor, guy. I'm telling you, I was that guy. I was the guy preaching that message. Stop sinning. Meanwhile, I'm struggling myself. How can I tell people to stop doing something when I can't do it? And not only that, they're saying, how, how, how do I stop? I can't. I'm on this rat wheel. Sin, confess, sin, confess, sin, confess. I, I, I go to these conferences and everything, man. I feel great coming out of it. I feel strengthened. But it's your own strength. You're not receiving, you're not resting in, in what Jesus has done for you. That's why it never works. It's hard. It doesn't take the Holy Spirit to understand the law. It takes the Holy Spirit to understand the grace of God. That's why Paul said it came from Jesus, not from a man. Yeah, I don't even know what I said, but I know it was real. I just, I just, like, I just know the Lord just used me. Anybody ever had that feeling before, man? And you're like, what just happened? That's how Kelly felt when she nutted me. <clears throat> Boom. Pervert the gospel of grace, of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you, any other gospel besides the grace of Christ, any other God, let them be accursed. Paul says, let them be cursed. Knowing that, he gets a double cursing on him. He's like, not just curse once, curse twice. Look at that, right there. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel, the gospel of grace of Christ, amen? We just saw that. To you, then what you have received, let him be accursed. See, God hates mixture. He hates half and half. He hates half law and half grace. It makes him sick. How do I know that? If you go to Revelation 3, that's exactly what happened. Revelation, she said, and to the angel of the church of thank you, Laodicea. Sorry. Hey, we're keeping it real up here, right? You knew what was in it. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> these things, these things say amen. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your work. God knows the works of the church. These, these churches all had different works. God says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. <clears throat> now, I was always taught a lukewarm Christian was someone who, 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 who talked the talk but didn't walk the walk. Right? Like, I would be lukewarm if somebody saw me drunk out at a club one night or something like that and then I'd go to church and I'd be at the deacon's meeting. <laughs> right? Listen, that's not what God is talking about when it comes to lukewarm. That's the way I used to preach it. And that put people in the bondage. I don't want to be lukewarm. Well, this is what this is what it's talking about. He's like, I wish you were either all law or all grace. But because you're both, it makes me sick. Why? Because it takes away from what his son did for us. You're saying, yeah, I accept Jesus, but make me earn it, God. Good luck. 
Hope, I hope it works out for you. How many of you guys have been trying to earn God's goodness your whole church life and you keep running into walls every time? Well, the way to stop running the wall, it takes a dumb person to do it over and over and over again. Right? And that was me. Am, am I by myself? Right? So, so here's the key. When you realize that God, God has completely forgiven you, and when you understand grace, you can walk away from a sin. Because instead of saying, I can't believe I'm such a sinner, what you need to say is, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving such a sinner as me. And now you're able to get up and keep walking. Amen? <clears throat> so what would happen if Jesus appeared to the worst sinner, the worst sinner you can think of today? What would happen if Jesus showed up in his room? What would that sinner's response be? Would it be, oh, you're a good God? Or would it be a sense of his holiness? Would he fall down in fear? Yeah, because that's what they did in the Bible. Everybody fell down in fear because they had a sense of his holiness. They didn't have a sense of his love. Now, he is a God of love, but they sensed his holiness. Some of you guys, when you sin, you have this sense of God's holiness. He's about to get the hammer, and three bad things are going to happen to you. Right? Because they all come in threes. Anybody, did your mom ever tell you that? The washer broke down. I'm just waiting on the next two things. Right? Well, that's a good way to expect good from God. Right? Anyway, listen. It, it, the, 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 the typical response to that, think about it, the worst sinner. The typical response would be his holy fear. That's why sinners, great sinners, sinners that, that they're afraid to come to church. Because they know they can't be holy. That's why people leave the church. Because they can't be good enough. Anybody know anybody like that? Yeah. I'm like that. It's still, when I sin, sometimes in the back of my mind, Satan tries to get in there and say, how can you go and preach? I'm like, because I'm not preaching based on what I do. I'm testifying to the goodness of the Lord. That I'm forgiven right where I'm at. It doesn't make me want to keep sinning like that. It makes me very thankful. Not thankful. It makes me want to worship him. It does. It makes me want to come and worship. Worship is the way to get out of sin. It is. When you come and sing, you forget everything. Because now your mind's focused on the right thing, right? Jesus. The real thing. Pepsi ain't got nothing on him. Uh, people need to see, need to see his love and be taught about it. Not just holiness. We got to teach holiness. Hey, you can teach about God's love and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we got to teach people to be holy. Good luck. Because it doesn't work. I was trying to do that to kids my whole life. Good Lord, I probably messed them all up. Right? Megan's jacked up for the rest of her life because I was a youth pastor in her life at some point. Right? Listen, let me just tell you this. It, God can redeem all that stuff, amen? It doesn't matter what you used to know, what you used to do. You know, Paul was much worse than what I did, I think. Paul was killing people. And God turned his life around. So, so people need to be taught about his love. His love is what changes people, amen? The Bible says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and not your righteousness, his righteousness. So when people say, hey, man, you need to start trying to be more righteous. Nope, I'm looking at Jesus. My job is not to be more righteous. My job is to see my righteousness in Jesus. That's my role. Amen. The kingdom of God, by the way, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We seek that. Where does that come from, man? That comes from reading his word experiencing him and worshiping him when we worship we are the kingdom of god is here 
We said the king is here. His kingdom is here. His whole kingdom is here. And it comes through worshiping. Amen? All right, do we need to preach more on holiness? Do we? Do we really? No, we need to preach on his love. That's what draws people. Amen? Check this out. This, this is a story of Mark. We're almost done. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. A leper. He wasn't, by law, he should be dead. He should be stoned for even being in the city. Amen? So, so you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion. It wasn't a law. Jesus didn't say, hey, man, you can't be here, bro. I'm going to have to pick up a rock. You can't be here. No, he was moved with compassion. Jesus is still that way today, church. People out there need to see it. You need to see it. You need to know that when there's sin, when there's sin, that he is filled with compassion. Amen? And, and, and he stretched out his hand and touched him. A leper probably hadn't been touched his whole life because it was against the law. And here's a man that actually touched him. Imagine what that feels like. When, when I'm driving in the car and Kelly puts her little hand back there and starts, I'm, I'm like, Right? It feels good to be touched, amen? This leper, imagine, hadn't been touched his whole life. Here comes a man who doesn't judge him, has compassion on him, touches him. Now listen, if the leper came and was conscious of holiness, he wouldn't have come. Because he knew by law he couldn't be there. And see, in this case, and, and if he'd have touched anybody else, they would have caught what he had. But in this case, he touched Jesus, and he caught what Jesus had. Isn't that beautiful? That's, and, and that's an example for us as a church today. Let them touch the sinners. L let them know that God loves them. You're a sinner. Say, hey, I'm a sinner too. Nice to meet you. Noah, <laughs> Noah, go ask Noah. And, and when Noah comes out, say, hey, Noah, nice to meet you. He'll go, nice to eat you. And he'll say, what is your name? He'll go, Noah. Right? He's so funny about that now. Introduce yourself to a sinner by saying, I'm a sinner. But I got some good news. That even though I'm a sinner, I'm saved. I'm set free from sin. I don't have to pay for my sin because I have someone who paid for it. Can we talk? Would you like to hear about it? That is hope. Hope, man stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Woo, look at that. Do we need to preach more on repentance? Yeah, you got to tell people to repent. They got to repent. First of all, if anybody says that to you, say, what does repentance mean? Well, it means confessing your sin. No, it doesn't. Listen, this is what I found out. You go study it too. This is what I found out. Repentance is two words. Meta, noia. Change, meta, where we get our metamorphosis from. Noia, mind, means to change your mind. In other words, I used to think this way, now I think this way. It has nothing to do with confessing your sin. Repentance has nothing to do with confessing your sin. Repentance means I'm changing my mind. I used to think that God was out to get me when I did bad. Now I know I can't outrun his love even though I am bad. Amen? I just repented. In fact, you repent by sitting under the word. All you guys are repenting right now. Your minds are being changed by the truth. It has nothing to do with confessing your sin. So check this out. We're almost, this is it. I think this is it. Is this it? This is it. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. May that be our church. 
Let that be our church. Let sinners come and draw near. Let's not saying, hey, you got to get out of here because you got sin. You can't be a part of the choir because you got sin. You can't teach Sunday school because you got sin. But who doesn't have sin? Is there anybody sinless in here? See, the more you do that, the more, the more you see, the more you see sin, the more you see it in everybody else. The reason people judge people all the time is because they're judging themselves. They think God is still judging them when God has called them righteous. It's the enemy playing tricks on the church's mind. Not this church. Even when I'm not here, that brother right there will bring the same message. This church is protected by the Lord because we pray and plead the blood of Jesus over this church. The devil can't get up in here. Toothless lion. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. <laughs> Again, may that be our church this year. Eat with sinners this year. Church, <laughs> be a table full of sinners. Amen? Eat with them and give them hope. Amen? Uh, this man receives you. And, and so he spoke to him this parable, saying, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. Only Jesus would do that, church. Only Jesus would go find that one sheep. Isn't that beautiful? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there would be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel, whoo, where am I going with that? Oh, let me finish. I say to you that likewise there would be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 persons who need no repentance. Now listen, see the word repent? See it? It's, it's there a bunch, right? Here's the question. This blew my mind when I saw this. Blew my mind. Because the Lord said, okay, when did the sheep repent? And I was like, went back, I read it. All I see the sheep doing is, is getting itself lost, right? And then I see the sheep doesn't do this, but I see that, that, that Jesus puts it on his shoulder. See that? And, and I see that, that Jesus comes home, brings it home. And I see that Jesus makes a phone call, calls all his, all the people together. I see that everybody's rejoicing over the sheep coming home. I never see the sheep going, Father, forgive me. Or, bye, 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 bye. however, a sheep would repent. You see what I'm saying? The sheep didn't repent. The sheep didn't confess sin. All the sheep did was consent to being loved. That's what repentance is. It's changing your mind, saying, look, I know I don't deserve it. I got myself lost, but you came and found me. You came and found me. You thought I was worth it. You thought I was worth coming to save. And then you and then you brought me home and threw a party in heaven because of me? You did it. That's repenting. That's seeing God as someone different than coming out there. God ain't when, when the one when the one sheep leaves, he's not a hunter. He's not like ready to kill you. In fact, he comes after you to save you. It's the exact opposite. Do you see it, church? 
So when we preach on repentance, it's not confessing sin. The sheep never confessed its sin. The next story is the coin. Did the coin talk? No, it didn't. You guys got to understand that repentance is changing your mind. We're not under that old covenant anymore. Is that it, man? Two more? Oh, y'all have a bullet. All right. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man, for I neither received it from man nor was taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. The gospel of grace can only come from the Holy Spirit by a revelation of Jesus Christ. I went into church my whole life, and, and I thought I knew what I was doing. I thought, just like Paul, I thought I was doing the right thing when we were stoning Stephen. Today, people stone people with words. You know, I thought I was doing the right thing, man. But let me tell you something. The Lord opened my eyes to the gospel of grace, changed me forever. Did that to Pastor Dwayne in Palaka, Florida, in a, in a doctor's office. He had so many questions, man. His mind was blown. I love that feeling. That, now he gets to experience giving that to people. That's how it works. And he was set free. His family set free. And you guys are being set free. That's how it works. We're bringing the gospel of Christ back. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearing and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness, look at this, the goodness of God leads you to repent. Not the law, not the your badness. When people speak about how bad people are, that doesn't make you change your mind. That doesn't make you confess your sins. That doesn't make you do anything but feel guilty. But when people start talking about how good God is, that's when they start to change their mind. If you want true repentance out there, stop telling people how bad they are and start telling them how good God is. Then they will change their mind forever. Amen? And you're not just changing a person. You're changing a family. An entire generation will be changed because of that. That's how powerful our words are today, church. When we share this with lunch with somebody, we share this message, man. We're not just affecting that person, but everybody around us. It's like Amway. And with that, we'll stop. <laughs> hey, how do you feel about Jesus right now? Like if he were here right now, what would you say to him? What would you do? Would you sit there like that? Or would you get up and give him praise? Because he's worthy of it, amen? He deserves it. Would you stand with me and give the Lord a hand? Listen, all this good news is because of Jesus. And as we move forward as a church, you're going to see it, church. You're going to see as we move forward that we're going to grow in this grace. We're going to grow in the grace message. You're going to understand it easier. You're going to, the, the youth, there's no doubt in my mind that when the youth come in here on Wednesday night, they go to their church, their schools or whatever it is, man, and they are able to answer questions, not just from kids, but from teachers. And teachers say, well, what about this, man? Well, the Bible says, right? Because they're free. They're free, man. And I tell them we don't have to defend the gospel. That's not what we're called to do. We don't, anytime we step in front of Jesus and say, hey, I got this, Jesus. Watch. Jesus is like, go ahead. Right? And then we end up behind him. We don't have to defend the gospel. Get behind Jesus. Say, Jesus, what? And you can poke your head out and Jesus is our defender, our protector. Don't try to defend this message, but be steadfast in it. 
Know who you are. Know whose you are. Know what you believe. And if somebody doesn't receive it, that's okay. Listen, I didn't receive it my whole life. God can change people. But don't be led astray by a different gospel. Amen? Um, I'm going to bring uh, Pastor Dwayne up here. What time do you think you Yes. So we'll do a song. Listen, the restaurant's still gonna be there, amen. Hey, we're we're gonna I'm gonna be down here. If you have a prayer request, man, come down here. Let me pray with you. Let me let me uh let me just I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna give you hope. That's all I'm gonna do. If you if you that person you need you need a prayer request or anything like that, if you got something coming up this week, man, let let's speak by faith and, 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 and remind you of the favor that we have going forward, amen. Amen? If that's you, listen, come on down. If you're looking to join a church, this is who we are. This is what we believe. This is whether it's me, Pastor Dwayne, or whatever, you're going to hear this message, a message of hope. Yes. And we, we believe it. There's no way we're going back. You going back, bro? Uh-uh. There ain't no way we can go back. We've seen the light. We can't go back. So if you want to be a part of this church, we are a growing church, man. God is blessing us beyond. I've never been a part of anything like it in my life, man, ever. And I'm so full of life. And, and I'm not even working as hard as I was growing up at other churches. It's just easy. God made it easy when you rest. Man, we'd love to have you just come down here and fill out a piece of paper and uh, let us know that that's your intentions. And the most important thing, if you don't know who Jesus is, maybe you thought you knew who Jesus was, but now you know who he is, that he loves you right where you are. Man, let, listen, I'll pray with you. It'll take two seconds. You know why? Because you don't have to go through your whole history of sin. I ain't got time for it. I don't want to hear it. I mean, some of them I probably want to hear, but I don't want to hear it now, right? Come on down, man. I'll lead you in a quick prayer, man. It's quick. That means you're cheaping it. No, man, God made it that way. He made it easy. Amen? Amen. If that's you, come on down. Listen, if nothing happens, we'll shut it down and go because we don't let religion dictate our service. We let the Holy Spirit do that. Amen? Amen. Take it away, Pastor Dwayne. Amen. Come on, we're going to leave this place in a celebratory fashion. Amen? Worshiping our God, man. We are overcomers. The Bible says they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. That means no matter what comes, no matter what goes in 2018, we know that we overcome. Amen? We say thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen.